Come on. Welcome to Lifeblood. This is George G. And the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Mary Jenkins. Mary, are you ready to do this? I am ready to do it. I love it. Let's 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 go. Mary is the president and CEO of the COC, a nonprofit providing awareness, emotional support, and financial assistance to help cancer patients succeed on their road to recovery. Mary, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Oh, my personal life. I like to say my personal life is just straightforward. I'm an everyday individual living my life and attempting to live my life to the fullest. Um, I'm 53 years old. I'm a widow. My husband actually died on active duty when I was 19. Oh, my goodness. Uh, He was in the Army, so I am a surviving spouse. I also am a veteran um, because I served as well. And it's like, ha. And then years later, went on to college, graduated, had kids, did all the great things that a person would want to do. And then in 2006, I got diagnosed with cancer. Hmm. And leading up to that, I mean, I like to say my youngest son, uh, God used him to save my life. Ah. <laughs> I do a lot of references spiritually because I've been in ministry for 30 years, um, but I'm a, not one of those um, hit you over the head Bible preachers because it doesn't take all that. Um, we can talk about it and it'd be okay. But my youngest son, he and I were wrestling and he accidentally elbowed me in the chest. Hmm. And when he did, it hurt. And I was like, oh my God, you didn't broke it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) and you know, he's like, I'm so sorry, mom. And I knew that because it hurt so much, I was going to have to go to the doctor. You know, something was going on and I went to the emergency room and I was 38 years old. They told me you're going to need to get a mammogram. Something's going on in there. We think we might feel something, but we're not sure. And so that did it in January of 2006. I went in, had a mammogram, long, beautiful story short. I got diagnosed with stage three, almost stage four, invasive ductal carcinoma, triple negative, mm. which is a very, very uh, aggressive form of cancer. Um, my treatment options are o- were only aggressive chemotherapy, radiation and surgery yeah that's what began it and so it's like okay all right we'll start this journey i began the journey was going through chemotherapy thought everything was going to be good still trying to go to work because i had full-time job you know being a single parent still had to provide for the household so i'm going to work getting sick at work throwing up you know all over the place there were a couple times when my employer found me in the bathroom, curled up on the floor because I was just that sick. And so my employer decided that it might be good for me to focus on my recovery and not work. I agreed. Um, didn't even think about the fact that that meant I wasn't going to get a paycheck. So I got let go. But I got let go. And, and during that time, I said, well, I'll volunteer for the Komen Foundation because everybody knows about the Susan G. Komen Foundation, Race for the Cured, Pink Ribbons, all, the, all that stuff. Sure. So I said I would, you know, volunteer with them and see, you know, what I could do, how I could give back. So I learned all about the Komen Foundation. And then I, at the end of that month, I needed help paying the bills. And that's when reality set in. I needed help paying the rent and the utilities and the car note and the car insurance and the cable bill, you know, all the bills. And I went to the Coleman Foundation and asked for help. 
And that's when I found out that they don't use the money that they raise to help people in that manner. And for me, that was a shock because I was like, you guys raise millions of dollars. Where does the money really go? And they explained that it's used for research and treatment and awareness. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. But funding research is for the people in the future. You know, they're going to cut my stuff off if I don't pay the bill. And that's when I learned that there was a problem in the world of cancer. And so they referred me to the American Cancer Society, found out that they don't help people the way in which I needed. So I went on this journey to find help. And every place I turned to, like one would say, oh, we can offer you up to $500 if you're income eligible and you have this type of insurance and you, there were all these guidelines and all these parameters, but it still wasn't really help because how many people do you know pay $500 a month for rent? Not very many. <laughs> exactly. And so that became the issue. I couldn't find the help that I needed. And so me, like I said, I'm a for 30 years I needed to have a conversation because I'm like if you're supposed to be my supplier and gonna take care of me how is this happening to me so I was having a heated conversation at my church and my pastor overheard and he came was like Mary Jenkins what in the world is going on so I explained the situation <laughs> to him, and he was like well you know you've been a member uh, for a long time you member in good standing and you know let let the church help you and I was like help me how and he offered to let the church pay my bills for me the rest of the time that I was in treatment. And I was like, that's great for me, but what about all the other breast cancer patients out there that need help and there's millions of dollars that's being raised and the money's not being used to help the people? And he was like, wow, Mary, somebody's got to do something. And he said, you're right, Mary. Somebody's got to do something, Mary. <laughs> right, Mary. <laughs> and that's when it was like, oh, you know, the aha moment. And then I was like, not me. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm shy. And he was like, yeah, right. <laughs> and so I said, okay. And I started telling people where money went and where money doesn't go. And as I educated people, they were like, well, wait a minute. Funding, re you know, research is good and all, but you're right. The people that need help now, you know, I don't want to give to that. Can I, you know, can I give money to you? And I was like, sure, you can give it to me because my church is paying my bills and I'll just find somebody else to give it to. And that's what I did. And that started the COC 15 years ago. Yeah. And so now over the last 15 years, we have raised money all around the world. We have paid bills for people all across the United States in all 50 states. And it has just been an exciting time um, to help people understand that there's hope, you know, giving people that hope. And that's what, you know, our mantra is like, we give hope to people because if you're a man, woman, or a parent of a child that's battling cancer and you get that notice that your electricity is getting turned off, you know, and you don't have the money to pay and somehow you get to us and we're able to say, you know, hey, we have the funds available, you know, <laughs> we, we can go get, fill out the application, submit it online, let us verify it because we verify everything. And so we verify that the person's in treatment and then we pay the bill. So we don't give people money because we know that sometimes if you give people sure. money, they say sure. they're going to do one thing, but do something else. You know, we're all guilty of that. <laughs> So we actually pay the bills. Yeah. Beautiful. What a story. Thank, th thank you for sharing. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Um, what a story.
So obviously the passion is there. That's, that's, that's as clear as day. The mission is, 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 is very clear. There's a, a, a enormous need, uh, there's a lot of gap in between those three things and then actually having a successful nonprofit. And over the last 15 years, I'm sure your learning has been extraordinary. My learning has been through the roof to the point where I actually provide nonprofit counseling services to other people. I bet. Yeah. I mean, I don't even, uh, obviously we can't talk about all of that, but what are some of the biggest lessons, the biggest takeaways that you share with others who are talking about what they want to accomplish? Oh man, keep their passion alive. You know, don't take it personal. Don't take it. You cannot take it personal. Um, you know, there were times when, you know, people were upset and they called and they cussed me out. And I was like, whoa, hold on. First of all, I didn't do it um, because they're thinking that, you know, yeah, they know. They're like, we know you guys have all this money and you guys just don't want to use it to help anybody. I'm like, no, that's not the case. We literally are donation funded. And so we don't get the big grants. We don't get the $100,000 grants or the $50,000 grants. We get the $100 donation, $500 donation. Every so often we'll get someone that donates $5,000. But we get the smaller amounts. And we, that means that we're always going. And so when somebody in teaching others, we had to let them know, listen, you can't do it for the money. You can't take it personal. If it's, if it's about the dollar, you have the wrong reason. That's, your heart's in the wrong place. Because for me, I do this no, I do this for free. And people are like, huh? You do it for free? Yeah, we have other people that get paid. But, you know, I'm okay. Because my husband died on active duty, so I have a pension. And it makes it possible. And it's like, we just got to, we get to give back. And so when we filed our taxes, you know, it's, it's a joy for me to know that the majority of the funds that we raise go back out to help the people. Because not every organization can say that. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Interesting. It's a, you hear, I have heard over the years about organizations. I don't know if it's charity navigator or whatever, who will assign a score and then you'll get pushed back from some of those organizations saying, well, we need to invest in X, Y, Z and infrastructure in order to raise more money. Um, what do you think? What, what, what are your thoughts on all of it? Um, I love it. Because, you know, really, it, it, it speaks volumes for me. And this is just my personal opinion. I have an issue with a nonprofit that has a building that they paid $8 million for <laughs> when that money could be used to help the people that they serve. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's that that's for me. And there are several cancer organizations that have these big, huge buildings and they're not helping people pay their bills while they go through treatment. And yeah. they're raising millions and millions of dollars for cancer research. And I get it because, you know, I am I am not against cancer research. I mean, that make that clear, because without cancer research, I wouldn't be here. True. And I understand that. I'm just saying I know far too many families, households that have been affected. You know, the the, the financial burden of battling cancer is so huge. You don't realize it until. You realize it. You know, we like we had the pandemic last year and people were losing their jobs because of the pandemic. That's different. But imagine if you lost your job because of the pandemic and you're battling cancer. The stress is, is just phenomenal. And people don't I don't people I don't think people get it. Businesses don't really get it or they, they think that. 
they think we're just saying it. And I'm like, no, no. There are single parents whose child gets diagnosed with cancer and they're making a decision on whether or not to go to work or be at the hospital with their child. That That's crazy. There are two household parents that their child gets diagnosed with cancer and one of them gets to decide who's gonna go to work because the bills still have to get paid. So you have this one parent going to work and the other parents at the hospital with the child, that parent that's going to work, their stress level is through the roof because they're concerned about their child and heaven forbid that child pass away while the parents at work. What does that do to the marriage? What does that do to the family? And then let's not talk about if there's more than one child. There's so much that goes on. And that's just when a child battles cancer. Imagine if it's single parent and the parent gets diagnosed with cancer. Who's going to be able to provide for the child? Parent can't go to work. There's just so much. And people, I don't think people get it. And they won't get it until they get it. So, yeah. I was, uh, I don't know if I'm embarrassed to say this or I just feel sort of dumb. Uh, so I'm just going to say it. I, I heard a little while back that, that there's really only one time in the world where all, all you want is one thing. And it was that when, when you're sick, all you want is to become healthy. And that's just not true as I'm listening to you tell your story. Because, yeah, you want to get healthy, but you need money to pay the bills. And you need to be able to care for your other kids or, or, or whatever. Um, so I just wanted to express how, how, how dumb my thinking about that was. Um, and I really ought to know better in the first place. Well, well, that is true. When you're sick, you do want to get healthy, but you know, but but there's more to getting healthy than just physically getting healthy because I'm bad. If I'm battling cancer, I want to get healthy. You know, I got to go through whatever I got to go through. You know, if I got to go through chemo, chances are I'm going to be sick and chances are I'm not going to be able to go to work. If I can't go to work, that means I don't have income that I can't pay the bills. Okay. Say I get to take the chemo drug, the pill, which the side effects are less. So, okay, I'm able to go to work. Okay, great. So I'm still in treatment. I'm taking the chemo pill. I'm going to work, but then they tell me I have to have surgery. Okay. I'm going to be down for five weeks. For five weeks, I only have two weeks of vacation. What's going to happen the other three weeks that I don't get paid? And how am I going to pay the bills? Yeah. Why do you think that that some of the big organizations don't carve off part of their mission or their money to 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 address this obvious challenge? <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to bait you or anything like that. Oh no, if you it's don't... okay because trust me, I have this conversation often. I I am well versed and, and don't have a problem talking about it. It's because it's their mission. I mean, back in 2014 when St. Jude reached out to us, so. Everybody's heard of St. Jude. St. Jude is a hospital that provides no-cost treatment to children that are battling life-threatening diseases. So when it comes to cancer, they provide treatment at no cost, which is great. And the parents can stay at the, if the parents come from out of town, they can stay at the Ronald McDonald House, which is also great. But they realized that if those families didn't have help paying their bills at home, when treatment was over and they went home, they found that they were getting evicted, utilities were cut off, car repossessed, cable off, all these things were, were, were happening and they realized it. So they were looking for an organization that provided support and they found us because that's what we do. When we had the conversation, they explained that they had families that 
you know, they wanted to provide the support for and wanted to refer them to us. And of course, we said, absolutely, they can do that. It's not a problem whatsoever. Then I asked the question, would you help us raise money so that way we can serve the families that you're sending us? And they said, no, because the money that they raise funds the hospital. Yeah, I understand that. I understand it. But you still say, Jude, <laughs> as big as you are, you couldn't take some of the money that you raised and use it to help the people? No. <laughs> we cannot do that. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I've had conversations with some of these big organizations because there are org- there are or- they're raising millions. And I understand it. I'm I'm not against. I want us to be a million dollar organization. Right. I think million dollar organizations are fantastic, especially if they can meet the needs of the people. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's where are the needs of the people being met? I understand treatment is important. I understand awareness is important. I understand getting information to the people is important. All I know is when the gas person comes to the house and knocks on the door, they're they're not going to accept. Uh, information as payment. They're not going to take awareness. Right. For the guests. You know, and I'm a preacher. So like I said, I'm a preacher. I have so many people are like, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. I understand that. And I appreciate the prayers. Lord knows I do. Lord knows I do. But here's the thing. When the electric guy comes, (laughs) he's not going to not turn off the lights because you're praying. He might, I don't know, but on, on the grand scheme, odds are no. Yeah, odds are no. Jim. And so we, you know, we're, you know, helping people to understand who we are. You know, people want we have clothing. Can we donate clothes? No, we we we're not a thrift store. We don't do that. Well, um, we have extra food. Restaurants will we have extra food that we want to give to your family? We don't do that. We are not a food pantry. We raise <laughs> money to pay the bills. That's that's what we do. We. We pay the bills <laughs> and helping people understand that they're like, man, why don't they, why don't they do a race or why don't they do a walk or why don't, cause we're paying bills. <laughs> <laughs> what part of this don't you understand? Exactly. Hey, restaurants out there, instead of giving away the uh, unused food, go ahead and sell that food and then give me the money, sell those clothes and then give me the money. You got it. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Mary, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? My difference-making tip is real simple. Tell your story. There's someone in the future waiting to hear what you have to say. Well, I think that that is. I think that that is great stuff. That definitely gets. Come on, come on. Yes, need to be able to tell your story. And Mary, you are exceptional at, uh, at at telling your story and illustrating the need for the work that you are doing. So I'm very grateful. Thank you so much for coming out. Where can people learn more about you and where can people learn and donate to the COC? They can go to our website, which is www.thecocares.org. And on there, if they, well, actually, I'll give you the whole link. It's www.thecocares.org forward slash and the word donate. And it'll take you straight to our donation page, and you can make donations that way. We do have, we have Cash App, which our Cash App is the dollar sign, and then T H E C O C. We have Venmo, which it's a little A, and then T H E C O C. So we have all the ways in which a person can make a donation. And if anyone knows someone that's battling cancer that is in need, 
please send them to our website, www.thecocares.org, and have them follow the the um, the the or click on the button that says to receive support. So we have two that it's either receive support or give support. And if it's someone that's in treatment, we want to be able to help them. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Mary your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to www.thecocares.org and go to the thecocares.org slash donate. And I'm sure that no sum is too small. Thanks again, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. <laughs>